Good morning. It's a beautiful day. We're glad that you're here. Very thankful that you've chosen to be here this beautiful Sunday morning. If you're visiting, as always, we invite you to come back. We're very grateful for your presence. We're always thankful to have visitors with us. Uh, we want you to know we appreciate so much you coming our way today, and we would love to have you come back. I know it's a holiday weekend, so there are a lot of folks that are traveling. It may be that you're in the process of traveling to a particular destination and visiting with us today, and so we pray that you'll have a safe journey and hope you'll come back and be with us, be with us again. We're going to be talking today in our study about the theme, When Life Doesn't Go As Planned. Last Sunday, we had the opportunity to honor our graduates, and we had a number of young folks that were graduating from high school, some from college, one from graduate school, and I think about all of the plans and goals that we make in life. We have many young people here today, and many of you have made plans, and you've got, you've got some incredible goals that you hope to achieve one day. And I think we ought to be goal-oriented. I think we ought to have plans, but to understand that life doesn't always go as planned. And today I want us to think for a minute or two about this very idea, because if you don't know something about life and you don't know that there's always the possibility that things can go awry, it can create a lot of discouragement, sometimes doubt. And so what we want to do is look at the Scriptures and think about this theme. Some of you here today, no doubt, you made plans in life. Your expectations were probably realistic, and yet for whatever reason, things have not come to fruition. So how do you deal with that? I think about young people who marry, and idealistically, those of us who marry, we hope to have what sometimes is called a Camelot existence. So what do you do when the marriage that you thought was going to be the best of the best doesn't necessarily turn out like that? What happens when you have a well-defined career path? And that goal, that path, doesn't come to fruition. What happens when you have plans for your children, expectations, and you want to see them here or maybe here, and again, things don't work out like that. So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with life when things don't go as planned? So I want us to think for a minute or two first about the painful problem. I want to begin by emphasizing what I believe to be a key word, and that is reality. We live in the real world, don't we? And so as we embark upon life, whether young, I think about as we grow older, sometimes, sometimes we live in what might be called a dreamlike existence. But to understand that in the real world, things don't always go as planned. Things don't always have what have been defined as a Hollywood ending. So 
reality. You need to understand. Things may not go as you planned. I want to read for you a passage of Scripture as we think about the painful problem. In James chapter 4, in verse 13, James asked this question. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this and that. So, as we think about making plans and defining our future, to understand, as I said a moment ago, that in the real world, things don't always go as planned. That's the reality. Two key things here. Number one, anticipate. Anticipation. To understand that, look, you may think this is how your life's going to go. This is how your career path will go in life. This is how your marriage is going to work. This is how your children will turn, will turn out. To understand that, you know what? may not happen like that. As James talked about the man who had noble intentions to go into such and such city, to spend a year there, to buy, to sell, to make a profit. And yet, things didn't turn out as planned. So first I think there has to be anticipation to understand things don't always go as planned, and then alteration. The key here is to have a backup plan, to understand, you know what, things may not go as planned, but I have other options. Now, it might be the case that you're on option B or C or D or whatever. Maybe you have defined some plans in your life and things haven't gone as planned. And so you had, you've had to make some alterations. You've had to change some things up in life. Well, that's the real world. But now I want you to think with me for a moment or two about some reasons why life doesn't always go as planned. And there are any number of reasons why things don't go as planned. I've just cited some examples from Scripture. I want to begin by talking about the fact that one reason life doesn't always go as planned is because of what I would call catastrophic circumstances. And let me illustrate that by the life of Job. You remember over in chapter 3, after Job had lost, he had lost basically everything. He lost his household, his children, ten children, seven sons, three daughters. He lost a great deal of his wealth. He then lost his health. And then he lost the support of his own wife. You remember her question to him. Do you still retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Well, Job had the presence of mind to not do that. But over in chapter 3, after life had fallen apart, Job made a statement that I think lends insight into the fact that 
He understood in the real world things can change quickly. We sometimes talk about how life can change on a dime, and it can't. In about verse 25, Job said, That which I feared has come upon me. That which I dreaded has happened to me. Sometimes in life we understand that there are variables at work, and as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, time and chance. There are always risk factors involved in living, aren't there? And so, here was a guy that one minute life is going as anticipated. Life is good. Life is going well. And then the very next minute, what happened? Life was turned upside down. Now maybe Job feared. He thought about the prospect of losing everything. Whether or not he realized just how great those, those losses would be might be debatable. But nonetheless, he faced a lot of changes in life because of what we call catastrophic circumstances. Many of us are well aware of the accident that happened just the other day regarding Don Blackwell and his wife. They were riding a four-wheel, four-wheeler. And what happened, I really don't know. I just know they had an accident, and Don had a complete spinal cord injury. I talked to him on the phone the other day, and he said, I'm 50, and looking at spending the next 20 to 30 years of my life in a wheelchair. Catastrophic circumstances. There have been many people that have had accidents and their lives have been changed forever. Job is a great example of somebody whose life was turned upside down. Don Blackwell, another. Things happen in life. Sometimes we don't anticipate. Maybe we ought to, but we don't. And then I think about life doesn't always go as planned because of the actions of others. You know, sometimes we have plans, we have goals and aspirations, and we intend to meet our goals. And yet what happens? Well, sometimes the actions of others inhibit our future. Let me illustrate this in the life of Joseph. You remember in chapter 37 of the book of Genesis, Joseph was the favored son of his father, Jacob. And Joseph was, by all accounts, an extremely fine young man. At the age of 17, you remember what his brothers did? They sold him out, didn't they? Sold him into the hands of the Ishmaelites and Midianites. And so here's this young fella, a teenager, a young man that was the heart and soul of his father. And now he finds himself down in Egypt. And the Bible tells us he became a servant, a steward in the household of Potiphar. 
And so he begins to rebuild. The Bible tells us the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord prospered Joseph. And what happened? Joseph's master, Potiphar, this man's wife tried to seduce him. And so, as the record tells us, she lied about the circumstances, and the next thing you know, Joseph is in prison. Now you ask yourself, what in the world did he do to deserve being sold out by his brothers? What did he do to deserve being placed in prison by the lies of his master's wife? Well, nothing. And you look at Joseph and you think about, okay, here's a good guy. Just like Job. Job was a man that feared God, turned away from evil. Job was a man that served God, was faithful to God. Joseph was a man of high integrity. You talk about his morality. I mean, he was in a foreign land. He could have easily said, you know what, who's going to know? But he didn't do that. And he paid a price for it. Now years later, jo Joseph could say to his brothers, look, God sent me before you to preserve your posterity, to preserve life. You meant it for evil, God meant it for good. God, through His great providence, could use Joseph to be a man, to ultimately be the man through whom the Israelite people would become a great, strong, and mighty nation of people. So sometimes... Life doesn't go as planned because of catastrophic circumstances, sometimes because of the actions of others. You think about your own life. And maybe you had plans. Maybe you're in a marriage today. You married somebody. You thought they were this way. And guess what? Turns out they weren't what you thought they were. No fault of your own. You did your best in the screening process and the dating process, and you found out, you know what? Things aren't like I thought they'd be. How do you deal with that? What do you do when you go to school and you spend four or eight years in college, in graduate school, and you're planning for a career? You get out, you begin working, and you think, you know what, this isn't what I, this isn't what I signed on for. This is how I thought my career would be. Sometimes life doesn't go as planned because of our own actions. Sometimes we have, we have goals aspirations in life, and yet things come unraveled because of our own actions. You remember David? David was probably the greatest king in the United Kingdom. David succeeded Saul. And David was said to have been a man after God's own heart. And I think about what a good man David was, and yet David was that. He was just a man. And David, like us, he had clay feet. He was not infallible. David, you recall, succumbed to temptation. And I think about here was a guy that was king over Israel. He was a good man. God had richly blessed him. And yet he had a weakness. He succumbed to temptation. As a result of that, he paid a heavy price, didn't he? For one thing, God said through Nathan in the long ago, the sword will never depart from your house. 
You remember the child that was conceived out of wedlock? The Bible tells us God struck that child. And David wept and prayed and fasted for that child. David wanted that child to live. David wanted that baby. But it wasn't to be. David may have had great plans for that infant child. Those plans didn't come to fruition. Some of you here today, you've buried a child. Maybe you had plans for your child or your children or maybe a sibling. Maybe you had plans with your spouse for the future. And yet, unexpectedly, death intervened. And then I think about the changing circumstances of life and how life doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes life doesn't go as planned because of the threat of terminal illness. Hezekiah was a good man. You can read about him over in 2 Kings chapter 20. Hezekiah was probably one of the better kings in the history of the Israelite nation. And God dispatched in the long ago a man by the name of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet. He said, Isaiah, I want you to go to Hezekiah, and here's what I want you to tell him. Set your house in order. Why? Because you're going to die and not live. And so the prophet went to Hezekiah, gave him the sobering message. Do you know what Hezekiah did? The Bible says immediately he turned his face to the wall and he prayed to God. Now how many people have in life today how many people are dealing with stage 4 cancer? They've been told they have some type of terminal illness and they've got all these plans and all these dreams and all these aspirations. I remember years ago, a young fellow in his early 20s, just graduated from college, extremely intelligent, had, all, had, had his life before him, diagnosed with terminal cancer, didn't last very long at all. Yes, life can change on a dime. Life doesn't always go as planned, does it? And then I think about illness. Don't you hate disease and illness and sickness in the world in which we live? You know, Job said, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. The fact that illness can rob us of our plans. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we read about a man by the name of Paul. Paul was afflicted with a thorn in the flesh. He described it as a messenger of Satan to buffet him lest he be exalted above measure because of the abundance of revelations he had received. And Paul wanted the Lord to remove that thorn in the flesh. He said, three times I prayed to the Lord to remove it. You know what God said? My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, Paul may have had a lot of plans in terms of preaching and teaching the gospel. And you think about his efforts, his work. Surely he could have engaged in his ministry without being impeded by this thorn in the flesh if the Lord had chosen to remove it. But the Lord didn't choose to remove it, did He? And the Lord said, basically, you're going to have to make do with my grace. Look, life doesn't always go as planned. Painful, yes. Problematic, certainly. There's a second thing I want you to consider, and that is the proper perspective. Maybe you're sitting here today, 
And you're thinking, you know what? My life is not what I planned. Things are not going as I had envisioned. You know, to be young and idealistic, to have, as we say sometimes, visions of grandeur, to have the world before us, to think about all of our plans and all of our goals and all of our aspirations, and then sometimes to see them one by one by one disappear. So what's the perspective? Is there a biblical perspective? I think the answer is yes. I want to give you four four biblical truths that I think will help you, help us, when life doesn't go as planned. They're not in any particular order. I want to begin by first and foremost using a term that we're all familiar with. It's the word trust. When it is all said and done, come what may, we have to learn to trust in the Lord, don't we? Do you remember Solomon, Proverbs chapter 3? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And what will He do? He will direct your paths. Learning to trust God. Now think about Job. Job has lost ten children. He's been at the cemetery and buried seven sons and three daughters. Job has been robbed of his wealth in large part. His health is gone. He's hurting. He's suffering. In chapter 13, verse 15, here's what Job said. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. We have to learn to trust God, don't we? You know, there are times in life when all we can do is trust in God. You can read David and the Psalms. David on one occasion said, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. You know, when life doesn't go go as planned, when things don't work out as as we envision, sometimes we become fearful. Sometimes we're anxious. We're worried about the future. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Second key word. The first word is trust. The second word is prayer. Pray to God. Think about the Apostle Paul. He's dealing with this thorn in the flesh. And the Bible tells us he prayed to the Lord. Now he had the right, the right attitude, didn't he? In James chapter 5, verse 13, James asked a question. Is anyone among you suffering? And you know what his response is? Let him pray. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 4, Let us therefore, as we have opportunity, draw boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? That we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you mean to tell me that I can go before the throne of God? That I have the right to stand before the throne of God, to lay before Him my petitions, to acknowledge my hurt, my disappointments, my discouragement. Yes. Can I then expect God to help me, 
to give me the grace that I need to go on to make it day by day? The answer is yes. Pray. Paul would say, pray without ceasing. He would also say, continue steadfastly in prayer, watching therein with thanksgiving. Do you remember in James chapter 1? James asked the question, Is anyone among you lacking wisdom? Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. Look, sometimes we don't know where to turn, do we? Sometimes we have, we're educated, we've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of facts, but the bottom line is we lack wisdom. There are times in life when life doesn't go as planned and what we need, wisdom, to use the knowledge we have sometimes to make the best of a bad situation. So, first, trust. Secondly, pray. Thirdly, persevere. One of the things that is needed when things don't go as planned A lot of patience. You know, I think about James in the long ago when he said, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience or perseverance. The bottom line is, difficulties in life can breed patience. Romans chapter 5, verse 3, Paul said, Tribulation works patience. Patience or perseverance. And perseverance, character. Character, hope. Now think about this. Sometimes we talk about how tough times build character. Sometimes tough times reveal character. So you think about where you are in life today. And maybe your life hasn't gone as planned. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're holding on by a thread right now. And you're just barely making it day by day. Could I encourage you to be patient, to persevere? Do you remember the Hebrew writer in chapter 12 when he talked about those ancient saints in the long ago and he said, let us lay aside every weight the sin that so easily besets us and run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. What he's saying is you need to be patient. You need to have a persevering spirit. You need to keep your eyes on Christ, keep your eyes on the cross of Christ. And why? Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Let me tell you what. When things don't go as planned, you can get very discouraged. Discouragement can lead to despondency, despondency to depression. Persevere. As a fellow said one time, endeavor to persevere. And then there's a fourth key word, and that word is determination. You make up your mind today, you know what, life may not be going as I planned, as I planned it. Maybe my career hasn't gone as I thought it would. Maybe my marriage isn't what I thought it would be. Maybe my children haven't turned out the way I thought they would. Maybe life is coming apart at the seams, and I don't see a ray of sunshine anywhere, anytime soon. Stay focused. And stay determined. Do not, and I would repeat, do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give out. And don't give in. Do you remember 
You remember in the long ago when James talked about those outward trials? And he said, blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he's been tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Look back in Scripture. And you think about some of the greatest, noblest servants of God. Faced obstacles, persecuted, troubled, tried. I mean, the whole gamut. Determined, steadfast, unwavering. That's how we have to be. Listen to Paul. Be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When I think about something that is steadfast, I think about that which is rock solid. And what Paul is saying, you be steadfast, you be immovable. Look, I wish I could stand before you today and tell you that all your plans will come true. If life isn't what you want it to be, if life hasn't turned out as you thought it as you thought it would, I wish I had the power. I wish I had the ability to change your life. I really do. <clears throat> Sometimes we've got to make the best of tough situations. We've got to grit and grind our way to the finish line. So I want to encourage you today. You know, maybe life hasn't gone as you thought it would. But I want to encourage you to hang in there because better days are ahead. There's a better place ahead. I want to close by asking you this question. Are you a Christian? It may be that you're here today and you've never obeyed the gospel. And maybe you've been planning on becoming a child of God, but for whatever reason you have not obeyed the gospel. I want to encourage you to come to Christ. Don't leave the Lord out of your plans in life. What would you need to do? Well, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. Repent of your sins, according to Luke 13, verse 3. Confess the name of Christ before others, Matthew 10. In verse 32, be baptized into Christ so all your sins can be washed away, Acts 2, 38. Let God put you in the church. And then be faithful till death. And the promise is the crown of life. If you're here today, and maybe as a child of God, you're hurting. Maybe your life's a mess. Maybe right now you're thinking, I never thought I'd be sitting where I am today. Maybe you need the prayers of the church. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. If you've got sin in your life and you need us to pray for you, let us do that. If you've got troubles and trials and you're hurting and you need prayers, we'd be happy to pray for you as we stand and sing.